Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 805 The Time, hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you. The Monday, November 13th, 2023 edition. It's already become Black Monday with coaching firings coming in left and right. We are in the Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. Their overstock sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. As you get your Monday going, 47 degrees with uh, partly cloudy skies, we're looking at mostly cloudy today. With a high, though, about 71 degrees. That's not too shabby. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 48 degrees. Second hour of the program is brought to you by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. They're your family's jeweler, 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. And just in time for the holidays, you can go over to James Gaddis Jewelers and look at all their great fine jewelry. And they are adding every single day. Watches of all types, custom-made jewelry, gemstones, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pendants, and so much more. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis sports fact. Did you know, with their win at Missouri, the University of Memphis men's basketball team jumps to number 26 in the country in the Ken Palm ratings. Ken Palm, a friend of the show. They were 36 last week. They move up to 26. Later today, we'll see if they crack the top 25 of the Associated Press poll. That will come out later on in the day. As I mentioned, some breaking news late in hour number one. I'm not sure who first had the story, but I'm going on uh, Ross Dellinger's tweet that Mississippi State is firing Zach Arnett just 10 games into his tenure. He was 4-6. and six. Obviously, he got the job after the sudden passing of Coach Mike Leach. The school owes him around half of his remaining salary, roughly 4 to $4.5 million but has offset language if he gets another job. Greg Knox will become the interim coach in Starkville. Yeah, I mean, it, this in a lot of ways, it's just it was almost a he was set up to fail um, in some ways. Obviously, that just it, it's a tragic thing to, to even put him in that position. But part of it is his own doing. The idea of changing that offense completely without the personnel, then but then you add in the fact that. You lose Will Rogers to injury. Jaquavius Marks is out with injuries. Like that offense was not going to be able to be good. There was no chance. Their offense has been awful here over this last few weeks. Um, it, it's as Blake Topmeyer said last week. It's always felt like he was an interim coach, even though he technically wasn't. Yeah. Like the the feeling always was. It always seemed like. And I think even I, there's probably people around the country that thought he literally still had the interim tag, even though he didn't. And it just he, he was put in a rough spot. Some of it again his own doing, trying to change that offense completely um, to, to something that really doesn't fit the personnel that was there. Um, he'll get a job as a defensive coordinator somewhere. There's I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but but yeah, this is and now we'll see what what direction Mississippi State can go. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a tough. That's a that's a it's a tough place to coach, especially when you now are adding Texas and Oklahoma as well. Like you're just being knocked down a couple other rungs on that ladder. So that is a that is going to be a tough gig. 
We'll get Barrett Salee's reaction to everything in college football in less than 20 minutes. Connor O'Gara will join us tomorrow. He's tweeted out a nice photo of Dan Mullen in his Mississippi State, not uniform, but in his jacket and his wool hat. And it says, could it happen? Question mark. Mike wants to talk a little Tigers at 360-8255. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I think the big difference in our defense this year is that they uh, we get the big turnover or the stop at third or fourth down. I mean, the other team gets uh, a lot of empty yards, you know. Well, uh, I think I think you're right to an extent that they have had their moments with yeah, big plays. And as far as like walk-ons or fifth-string guys, somebody forgot to tell Tennessee to watch out for that walk-on up there in Missouri. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. 360-8255. We've been talking plenty of college football. Memphis's win over Charlotte. They are six-point dogs against SMU this Saturday at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And obviously, we'll be talking a lot more about that big game as the week progresses. But it was a big game Friday night for the Memphis Tigers men's basketball team as they rolled into Columbia, Missouri to take on an SEC team. Not, not picked in the top three or four. Let me make that clear. But anytime you go up against Missouri, especially on their home court, the Antlers, they're a tough student body. They are ferocious. It was a sellout. And the Memphis Tigers, after falling behind by 14 in the first half, and they were down 10. Actually, they were uh, down 14 yeah, to Missouri. They come back and win 70-55. to The UM defense holds Missouri to 32.1% field goal shooting and allowed only 22 points total in the second half. They got big gains from a lot of different players. Caleb Mills, mostly guarding Sean East in the second half, who had a big first half. East had 14 in the first half. He was held scoreless by Caleb Mills. Javon Quinterly showing the type of leader he can be with 18 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. David Jones, 10 and 10. Jaquan Walton, 13. Jordan Brown off the bench, 12 and 5. Mills at 8 and 4. It was a team effort with a capital T. Rick Stansbury once again in for Penny Hardaway, and they get a huge W, and they need a lot more of these in their non conference portion of their schedule to be in a great position going into conference play and then the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that second half um, was just a complete domination. And defensively, um, it was it – just that's really impressive. That's, I mean, that's a good Missouri team um, that's going to score a lot of points. To hold them to 22-and-a-half is incredible. Um, a lot of guys getting involved, you know – um, especially early when you fall down and get that crowd into it, everything else. I was worried that maybe that they could even get away from them, but to come storming back and then do that in the second half, that that's a really um, impressive win. That's I I would assume, and you know, we'll see where Missouri goes, but I would guess that will be a quad one win for the entire season. I I can't imagine Missouri would fall low enough where a road win at their place is not a quad one win. So getting a quad one win right off the bat, that's a that is that's a very nice start. Yeah, we saw maybe some nerves there early in the game and they allowed some dribble drive penetration, some layups, easy shots for Missouri. And then they cranked up the defense in the second half. I don't know what was said at halftime. We'll talk to assistant coach Andy Borman on Wednesday morning and and find out more about what I don't what went on in the locker room, but uh, it was a different team coming out of the locker room. I mentioned Mills, 
defensively, what he was able to do, and then chip in with eight points and four rebounds. He was terrific. And you really saw the guys that you expect to rise to the top for this team uh, come through. Mention the names. Quinterly played 34 minutes. Walton played 33. Mills played 33. Got 27 from David Jones. And then Jordan Brown with just 17 minutes, but impactful. 6 of 10 from the field. Ends up with 12 points, 2 steals, 5 rebounds. Rick Stansbury did not go really deep with his bench, especially in the second half. You saw a little bit of Jaden Hardaway. Jalen Young played 6 minutes in the game. I don't think he played in the second half. You had Nick Jourdain in that rotation. That was it. I think he went 8. I think that's as deep as they went in the second half. But again, just a tremendous defensive performance. Offensively, 70 points is solid. It wasn't certainly what they did in the opener, but they played Jackson State in the opener. This is a Missouri team that is good. Not great, but a Missouri team that did get some votes in the poll. So we'll see what happens uh, later today when the top 25 comes out. But Memphis gets the win. Now they are back to practicing. More time to really find that continuity. One more game for Penny to sit out. That'll be this Friday when they take on Alabama State. That's our friend Tony Madlock, former Memphis Tiger player, former Memphis Tiger assistant coach. And then you use that as the tune-up, the springboard to go to the Bahamas for the Paradise Jam the week of Thanksgiving with your first game being Michigan and a chance to do some damage in that tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, that after, and then you look coming out of that, other big non-conference games upcoming here. So um, continue to play like this. Got a chance to rack up some some really good wins here um, before you get into conference play. And again, there's not going to be much there. So you need the wins that you can get right now. And Again, a, a true road win at Missouri. That one, that one's going to stand up well, I think, by the end of the year. Yeah, I, I wonder, and I haven't really looked at it too closely. I know that St. Mary's lost, and they were 23rd. I know Michigan State had lost to James Madison. I'm not sure how many other top 25 teams lost. And Memphis was kind of lower in the points, like more like 35, 36. So I don't know if they springboard everybody, jump everybody, and get into the poll. But it wouldn't be surprising because I would think the movement – early in the polls is more violent than it will be later where you can have somebody that jumps in from you know if you extended the poll 35 36 jump them into the top 25 because nobody had played games that was the preseason poll and now you're getting your first one really where there's been action and you can adjust a little bit and voters will do that yeah um i don't i have no idea um i know as of last friday when we talked about it they had there had not been a top 25 team that had lost other than Michigan State, but now others have lost. I don't know. Michigan State's not falling out of the top and, 25. And Duke's not falling out. I don't know how many Arizona. at the bottom of the top 25 lost that would fall out of the rankings. Right. But, but they'll yeah. be close. They'll get a lot of votes. Uh, they'll get a lot of consideration. In the meantime, on the professional hardwood, the Memphis Grizzlies, Friday night, play in game number two, lose to the Utah Jazz. For the second time this year, the Jazz, not a very good basketball team. And the Grizzlies, we know that they right now are not a very good basketball team. They lose 127 to 121. That could have went the other way. Des Bain had 37 points. But the big story was the ejection of Jaron Jackson Jr. and the subsequent tirade by head coach Taylor Jenkins, who said saddle up or saddle in or whatever the hell he said after the game because he went off on this tirade that got him a $25,000 fine from the NBA. And I say good on Taylor Jenkins. Just good in the fact that, look, there were 
horrible calls. But I think it all kind of boiled up to that point, and he had to let it out, all the frustrations of everything that has happened this season. Hopefully Bobby Perra will reach into his pocket and pick out the 25000 and just pay it off for him because I am very glad that the mild-mannered Taylor Jenkins went off the way he did. And I don't know, maybe it helped because yesterday they got a win over the Clippers. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> for a coach to come in and call the officiating effing atrocious. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Taylor. Like, I know. You did this as a, like, nobody does that. No coach. Like, you, you could have, like, coaches talk about officiating. Nobody just comes in and calls it effing atrocious. And not, yeah, not just atrocious. Like, I was like, atrocious. wow, that is, uh, weren't you? That is something. That is that made, is made you want to clutch your pearls a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly take that for data. I mean, <laughs> that is pretty much directed to the point. Like that is uh, there no data needed there. But he imploded in a good it, way, I think, for it, us, for for everybody associated with this city, and for the Memphis Grizzlies themselves. And I have I, I didn't get to see the game because um, I was doing the hustle game, but um, yeah, I heard that it was absolutely. Brutal. It was bad, especially the Jaron um, before the ejection. The two straight trips, he got just completely hacked with no call. Um, but yeah, it, good for Taylor. Good for him. Hell yeah, he I mean, obviously knew he was going to get fined, and um, but stick it up for his guys. And yes, I think there's no doubt that there is a frustration level that's building up when you are zero and five at home. I don't know what for whatever reason they could not stop the Utah Jazz. The Jazz just score at will, uh, especially in first halves against them. That's now what seventy nine and what did they have in the first half of this one seventy six mm-hmm. seventy nine and seventy six in the two first halves against the Utah Jazz this year. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt. There's a lot of frustration building up. I'm, I'm sure on everybody's part. And yesterday's win eases a little bit of that. That's the, I mean, just good to see them get a win and have a little fun, but uh, but yeah, there's still, I'm sure there's still quite a bit of frustration, and we'll see if they could pull out any more wins on this road trip. Well, basketball's a, it's a funny game. Yesterday, you go up against four Hall of Famers. Kawhi Leonard, PG-13, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. They have not won a game since Harden came over. In fact, their losing streak even goes back before he even came to L.A. So I think this streak is, what, five? And they're 0-4 with Harden. But still, with the Grizzlies coming in at 1-8, and eight, a road game in Los Angeles, you figured that the Clippers, even as dysfunctional as they are right now, that they would win that basketball game. And they would rally twice in this game, come back from big deficits. And once they tied it up, I thought, oh gosh, they're going to end up losing this game. And then the Grizzlies making plays down the stretch to win it. Marcus Smart, one of his better games in a Grizzlies uniform, 17.7 assists, great defense, hit his free throws. You had Desmond Bain do what he does best, score the basketball, 27 with six assists, four rebounds. How about Bismack Biombo? I, I know they're going to wait until 25 games, but he is going to be signed for the rest of the season. 13 points, 12 rebounds. He had a couple of blocks. The guy has been consistently putting up double-doubles. What else do you need? that? You had Steven Adams. You lost Steven Adams. You got this guy going in there. He's blocking shots. He's setting screens. He's doing what Adams did. He's not as good as Adams, but he's doing what Adams did. This guy is going to be signed, and they're going to have to cut a player or make a trade. Somebody's getting cut on this team because Biombo has been really, really good. But that was 
a game down the stretch that they were melting down and you thought they were going to blow it, and they won it. I give them an awful lot of credit. Now they got the Lakers tomorrow night, and we'll see what LeBron's status is. AD played yesterday. But, boy, you talk about a much-needed dub. Yeah, when the Clippers tied it up the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, this, they're gonna, it's, this thing's over. And then, especially when Harden got the three in the corner, got the def- it deflected it to himself and then makes the three, I'm like, this is gonna be this is gonna be just a brutal way to lose a game. <laughs> like this is just gonna be, and it just keeps adding on. Uh, but yeah, great job to to finish it out and and get a win, um, a win that was sorely needed. Now it'd be nice to get a home win um, sometime in the <laughs> near future when they get back home uh, to break that losing streak. But um, and yeah, we'll see what happens with the the health of the Lakers and all of that going forward. But but just this team. Really, really needed a win of some sort, and to to get that, and yeah, Biombo's been fantastic, and certainly, um, you would think that he is going to be here the rest of the year. What move they make, I don't know um, if they if there's any sort of trade to be made, or if it will just simply be uh, letting somebody go. Um, but he is certainly he's done to this point what you wanted him to do, mm-hmm. what you need him to do. Um, and looks as though he can fill that place for the rest of the year. You don't need to go try and find somebody else in that role. Looks like he is, uh, I think, good enough to fill that role. Now, again, two and eight ain't going to cut the mustard. They got to figure out a way to string wins together, and it won't be easy. Lakers on the road. Then they have the Spurs after a few days off. I assume they'll return home and then go to San Antonio. Boston comes to town on Sunday the 19th. They got to go to Houston. And all of a sudden, Houston is playing out of their minds. Phoenix still to come. Minnesota has been terrific. Utah again. It doesn't look good. It really does not. But at least that was a lift. It was what they needed. They got the dub. And you have to build on that. It will be awfully tough to do so, though, with that schedule coming up. They're still incredibly shorthanded. There's still guys on that team that are getting minutes that are not contributing at all. Uh, they had uh, Zaire Williams come off the bench. He didn't play much, didn't do anything while he was in. That's been a mess. But then they find somebody like Jacob Gilliard, who's actually given them some pretty good minutes in Derrick Rose's stead. But really, it was nice to see Marcus Smart play the all-around game that he's capable of doing. And then again, I am floored by how consistent Bismack Biombo has been, just kind of walking off the, you know, the whatever, the tarmac into a into a car and all of a sudden playing for Memphis the last few games and playing extremely well. And they put in Gilliard into the starting lineup, let's, you know, kind of puts everybody into their role. Yes. That they will be in when Jock comes back. Now, Jock comes back, all you're doing is putting him in there for Gilliard. So I will see if that's what they want to continue going forward. But it kind of lets everybody set in their spot in the rotation, the starting lineup. The guy, Marcus Smart, is playing the position he's going to play when Jaw's back. Right. Um, so, it will, you know, and, and Gilliard's done a, a terrific job. Good job. He yeah, did really a great job, job last year with the, uh, the hustle. Earned himself the two-way contract right there at the end of the year, um, and he's you know he's just a solid guy. He's not he's not going to be spectacular. He can make a shot when you need him to make a shot, but he's a hell of a distributor. Um, and you know he he did a 
really good job in the two games over the weekend. Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area. They were over at my house just a few days ago. That's because they take care of your lawn 12 months a year. During the summer, they're applying what they call post-emergence and then during the winter pre-emergence to control the germination of weeds when spring comes and those weeds come out on most people's lawns who haven't had that type of uh, uh, fertilization companies serve them. Uh, that's why you need to do so now because they're taking care of it. So when, again, spring is sprung, those weeds aren't sprung with it. You won't have to worry about it at all because they're controlling the germination of those weeds. They can also take care of any disease your lawn has or any insect infestation. They're not a lawn mowing service. They're a lawn treatment service. They've been around a long time, locally owned and family operated. LawnSolutionsInc.net is the website. Check them out there. Or just give my friend Brandon Holly a call. He's the owner of this company. He's a great guy, and he has a team of professionals that can take care of your lawn today. 901 867-5626-901-867-5626 for Lawn Solutions. When we come back, Barrett Salee joins us to talk college football and all the coaching moves that are being made. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I thought going into the weekend, the biggest off-the-field college football story would have to be Jim Harbaugh, right? Not so fast, my friend. Uh, it has been quite crazy yesterday and now this morning, another firing in the world of college football. And here to talk about that, plus some games that were actually played on the field, Mr. Barrett Salee. It's time to talk some college football. Joining Greg and Eli is Barrett Salee from CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ, and Sirius XM Radio. Here's Barrett Salee with Greg and Eli. Make sure to follow Barrett on Twitter at Barrett Salee. Do you have all your alerts ready to go, Barrett, when something breaks here in the next three minutes? So I got done running at like 8.50. And I come down at like 8.55 in my office, and I thought somebody got punked by a fake account. <laughs> like I was like... Okay, somebody created fake Famel, Dellinger, Brandon, Mar- Brandon Marcello. I was like, there's no way Mississippi State fired Zach Arnett. And yet, here we are. Okay, is there a reason why we've had three firings since yesterday? Is there a reason why they're happening now as opposed to the end of the season? Oh, yeah, for sure, because Transfer Portal's coming up. That's what I to, thought, okay. Yeah, you, you, I think last year, since it was kind of the first year of the window, there I wouldn't say teams were caught off guard, but I think a lot of coaches voiced displeasure, like, if I get hired, like, this is impossible. And we had Hugh Freeze on our show yesterday, and I've talked to him many times about it, and he said that first couple weeks at Auburn was, it, it was a disaster, and not fair to him. And, and I get it. Like, 100% it's not fair. So, yeah, this is – it's all about the transfer portal because you have to get somebody in who can immediately recruit your own players. Like, recruit the players on the roster. 
Otherwise, they're going to go in the portal immediately. And like, I get it. If they go in the portal, fine. Like, it's a new, new coach. But you have to be able to sell your vision to the players immediately. So, yeah, that's exactly why this is happening. And, I mean, the NCAA made this bed. They they're having, they're, they got to sleep in it. And as a result, we're getting firings this week. And, you know, Hugh, yesterday on our show, he said something that I think is, is perfect. After championship weekend, not the regular season, after championship weekend, have a seven-day portal window. It would make things so much easier. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it used to be back in the day, you know, it was like, could you get a guy in to be able to recruit by, you know, the whatever first Wednesday of February? Right. But now with the yeah. early signing period, plus the recruiting with the portal and everything else, like, you can't, like, you really need your new coach almost immediately as soon as the season ends to, to make sure you're trying to get everything in line for the next year or you fall so far behind. Yeah. And it was unfair even before this portal window because, you know, what, depending on the year, it's like what, the 17th, 18th, 19th of December when the early signing yeah. period is for high school kids. Like, even that was unfair because you're hiring coaches, you're hiring assistants, you're, you know, trying to figure out who, who's committed. <laughs> you know, and who you want to get, you know, so even that was unfair. And you throw in this portal window, which got condensed this year, which is fine. It should be condensed more. But I mean, it's that's exactly why this is happening. But the Mississippi State thing, like, what the hell is Mississippi State doing? Yeah, I'm going to ask it, you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, you hire Zach Arnett to replace a legend, like literally a guy who changed football forever, who unexpectedly died. Right, like this is not like hyperbole. He literally changed football forever, and Zach Arnett gets thrown into the fire unexpectedly. He's never done this before. He's in the toughest neighborhood in college football, and you fire him. What? Yeah, I guess he coached the bowl game, so eleven games into his career. Like that's, I, I don't understand. Like unless they have some big name on the hook. Or there's something we don't know about off the field. I I can't, I, I or, can't imagine. Or, or they just looked at this product and they go, this guy's not the guy to take us there. It's, and in this day and age, that you don't give coaches time anymore. You just don't. But you, if anybody deserves time, it's Zach Arnett. Like, I know coaches don't get time, but I can't think. This is like the other extreme. Because I can't think of another coach who was fired midseason of his first year for for first for, for the product. Right? Yeah. Mid season first year. Now after the season okay, wasn't Kevin I think Kevin Steele got a year at Baylor and then they fired him. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't many, but I But you just I said you just said why not the, why not the full year though. You just you said you just gave uh, an eloquent reason why they they can't, they can't wait. Right, but who? But d- d- those coaches don't deserve a mulligan. Like, if anybody deserves a mulligan, it's Zach Garnett. But you also have an AD that didn't make the move with him. No, I get Just that. So, yeah, and I mean, you're so right about that. Like, and I think there there is the Texas Oklahoma thing that's looming out there too. Sure, that the entire conference changes next year, and I guess that plays into it too. But I mean. Uh, the only thing I could figure is, like, I, I know I gave an eloquent, and I appreciate the compliment, um, <laughs> reasons why people are getting fired yesterday and today. But, I mean, if anybody deserves a little bit more time, it's Zach Garnett. So that's why I say, like, look, there's e- either they've got somebody on the hook or a, a big name mm. or at least a, 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 a name that would 
really put Mississippi State on the map for there's something off the field. And I, I, I've, ne- I've never heard of anything off the field. Yeah, so I can't I, imagine that. I, w- I would bet against something off the field, and I would bet against something they have a big name on the hook. I just I just think in this day and age, all bets are off, man. This is this is crazy. Well, let me let me ask you about Jimbo again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. before we get to Jimbo. Okay. Dan Mullen. Yeah, I saw some people tweet that out already. How how funny would that be? Can 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 you go back home again? I mean, I I guess you can. It's not unprecedented that a coach in sports hasn't come back to uh, to their old stomping grounds. Just Bill ask, Snyder did it. Yeah. yeah. Billy Martin did it four times with the Yankees, I think it was. So, <laughs> I, I, I guess it can happen if that's Bobby your best Cox option. Did it. That's right. Bobby Cox did it. So I, I um, yeah. that would be that would be fun. But he's good on TV. But like he, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. You were talking about um, you know timing and everything. So I tweeted this out yesterday. This is obviously before uh, our net news from today. Avalos at Boise and Jimbo. They both get canned the day after. Their two teams combined to win their respective games by sixty-nine points. <laughs> I mean, what timing? Forget about it. It's just like geography in, in college sports. Timing is also out the window. So seventy seventy-six million they're going to eat down in College Station, as Ross Bjork had his presser yesterday and said, you know, basically paraphrasing. We're just kind of we're not going anywhere. We're kind of floating there in the same. So what do they do? Where are they going? What direction? Money's not an issue. Uh, and and it's not because they passed the hat around. It's because they have a small pool of big time donors who they can go to at any time. And and that's it. like that the two hundred million dollar facility that they're building, or I guess they might be done now. Um, they basically said, "Hey, you guys want to pull it together?" And they said, "Yeah." And then the same thing happened with Jimbo. I, I think the biggest thing was that there were some some folks who weren't on board until you know, a month into the season, probably the Miami game. Um, so this has been in the works for a little while. Um, so the money's not an issue. I, I think what what needs to happen for Texas A&M, like they went for the splash hire with Jimbo. They need to go for the right hire. Uh, I don't care who it is. Like, they can't just go get Deion Sanders, right? Although that would be awesome for content. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be awesome. But, um, you know, go get Mike Elko. Go get Jamie Chadwell. Go get Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Although that Tom and I talked about this yesterday, it's kind of got a little bit of a Brian Harson feel. Although Jonathan Smith, a a much better coach and a son at B at a at a Power Five level. Um, I, I think those are the guys you kind of got to look at. Lance Leipold, um, you know, it's, it's those are not sexy names, but they're the right names. And I think that's the bigger issue. You know, getting people on board with. Firing Jimbo is one thing. Getting people on board with the next step at Texas A&M is more complicated. I wonder what the handshake after the game between Jimbo and Zach Arnett was like the other day. Because the, the, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, it's, it's bizarre. Hey bro, you got some time? You want to come hang out at the beach? Like, it's so bizarre that the two coaches, are, you coach a game against each other, and then you're both fired in the next 48 hours. But that, that's, again, there, there's just no... You can't. Nobody has patience, and especially if you're the AD that didn't hire the coach or anything else. But now, now, Texas A&M showed plenty of patience with Jimbo. But you know the the the, the extension they gave him after the the what was it the 2020 season, the 2021 yeah. season, like yeah. that was the no, dumbest was the thing year. ever. Yeah, that was the COVID year. Oh, it was um, 2020. Yeah, because they went 
nine and one and were on the brink of the playoff. Or I mean, they thought they were, but it was you know they were on the periphery. They were probably the next one out, uh, the first one out. But you know, and then that I think goes to to something that I've talked about really since the COVID year is don't take anything from it, like yeah. zero. Don't take anything from it. A uh, and M fell into that trap. I think other some other schools fell into the trap. And honestly, I fell in the trap in the other direction uh, with Jim Harbaugh. You know, because they went what two and six, I think mm-hmm. that year. Um, and I was like, Jim Harbaugh is done, and and that was wrong, obviously. Um, so, so yeah, that was A and M. They just they doubled down, and man, it come, came back to bite them. But again, like money's not an issue. No, that's it's no surprise that Michigan had a bad year. There were no you couldn't have fans in the stands, so they they weren't scouting opponents. They couldn't get tickets <laughs> to games. That's a very good point. Why why do they very have good to, point, why do they have to give these coaches extensions in this day and age when it used to be well you have to give them the extra year or two because a player's going to be there four or five years. You got to make sure players don't stay anymore. They don't stay. Yeah. What's it matter to give the extension? To these coaches that already have three, four, five years on their contract. All you're doing well, is wasting money. And that's that's the next reset, right? Like that's the next reset because we've seen like Jimbo with the ten years. You know, I get it. I'm not, I don't get it, but I understand the link. Um, you know, if you're wanting, to, I, I'm not saying take Jimbo the whole thing out of it. I hated the Jimbo hire from the get go. But if you're going to hire a coach for ten years, back then, okay, I you know, I, I don't think that's you know, ten years is a little too much. But I get it. Long term contract, whatever. Um, now that that selling point doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, right? Like it, it's just, and I'm interested to see if um, if more teams take the the role of of the state of Mississippi because they yeah. can only do four year contracts. Yeah, you don't you don't think they're regretting giving Mel Tucker a ten year deal at Michigan State? Are you oh, kidding dude. me? You got to give him ten. I understand yeah. the hire at the time, right? But gosh, bless Well, I liked him. I <laughs> liked the Mel Tucker color. extension was the dumbest. But like then, that was I, literally I, I, I don't one get season. these extensions. It don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. All right. The the Georgia statement win over Ole Miss. Does that enough to move them into number one? I did. Uh, well, I did after the Missouri game, but I had them, you know, below Michigan before then. But yeah, I mean, I think in the in the playoff rankings tomorrow night, that'll be enough because the committee's going to look at that and say. Look, number nine, that team, that number next to their their name matters a lot to them mm-hmm. because we that's that's where they put them. like that's going to be a massive win. So Michigan beating Penn State, okay, yeah, it's it's big. Ohio State, you know, we know what they've been able to do, but I think the statement win by Georgia and the way that it went down, yeah, that'll be enough. Do you give Alabama more of a chance or the same chance or less than a chance to beat Georgia with the way they've played recently? More of a chance, uh, just because, and it's not anything Georgia has or hasn't done. It's just that Alabama has really found itself and figured out its identity offensively, and because of that, it's uh, more dangerous. Now, I think Georgia could, you know, maybe slow them down a little bit, and and I think that they would win. But you know, Alabama's finally sort of coalesced around this one sort of identity offensively, and they're they're executing it to perfection. So, yeah, definitely more of a chance. I don't think it'll happen, but. It's uh, Alabama's coming on at the right time. How we always we, in the Big Ten, we give Ohio State credit for the win over Penn State. We'll give Michigan credit for the win over Penn State. But how good is Penn, is Penn State? Just better than the trash of the Big Ten, yes. but not good enough. Yes. Like, I don't. I, it, we go. Oh, it's a great win. They beat Penn State. But is Penn State a great win, or is Penn State just happen to be that other team in the Big Ten that actually has a pulse? It's the other team. That's it. 
Uh, and, you know, that, I think Penn State, with that defense and that running game, they're a top-20 team, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's just what they are. And it's a, it's a solid win. It's a good win for Michigan. But, and, and look, it checks the box of, of you know, on the road, real, a pretty good team. They got, you know, that's their big, biggest win, and, and the committee's going to like it. But, you know, are they the team that maybe some of us, I didn't think so, but maybe some of us thought would be, you know, good enough to contend for that division? No, they're not even close. Yeah. Like, where, where Franklin you, went out and fired his OC. Where do you think the they would fall in the SEC this year? Like, how many teams would you say are better than them in the SEC this year? Oh, probably six. I mean, let's go down. You know, Alabama, Georgia, not in no order. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, um, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri. Yeah, I don't know about Tennessee, but maybe. Yeah, I don't know about Tennessee either. Missouri for sure. Yep. Five or That's six, right? It. Five or six. Yeah. 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 That's the way they 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 have no offense. Penn State. They don't have enough, and that whole damn conference doesn't, except for Ohio State and Michigan. That's why it's those two teams every damn single year. I mean, I get tired of it too, but. They're going to have one team that's going to win, and they're going to beat the West team, and they're going to be in the playoff. We know there's going to be one spot right there. And then I, you know, yeah. I was looking at this. I know we're out of time here, but Georgia and Alabama, I, I think Georgia would win. They're undefeated. Florida State, I don't see them losing to Louisville. I see them going undefeated. Michigan yeah. or Ohio State, that's your third. The question is, if Washington runs the table, it's pretty simple. You have your four playoff teams. If Washington loses, especially if it's to Oregon in the championship game, then you got the one loss Washington, the one loss Oregon, the one loss Texas, the one loss Al- um, no Alabama would have lost to Georgia in that scenario. But you have a bunch of teams to make it really interesting for that fourth team. Yeah, I think it'd still be pretty simple in that case. It'd be one loss Oregon over the one loss Texas. That's, just the, that's the second best conference in the country by far. You agree with that, Eli? Yes, again, because Oregon is already ahead of Texas. Like, Texas was good, would do nothing to catch them. I don't, I, I don't see how you wouldn't have Oregon if they're already ahead of Texas. And they'd have and a they win would, over a top five Washington. Yeah, they would get a win over Washington, and Texas is going to beat, hell, I don't know who the hell they're, they might play in the championship <laughs> game now. The Big 12, nobody wants to play them in the championship game, apparently. So, yeah, yeah I don't see, there's no way Texas could catch them. No, that's, that that, that's a fair point. He is Barrett Salee, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, Sirius XM College Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Barrett Salee. Catch him every Monday talking college football with us. Uh, don't go on a jog. You may miss something. Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know I don't know what would shock you more than what we saw this morning. Not going to lie. Get ready, Sam Pittman, baby. You're in the corner now. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Get ready. Thanks, Barrett. <laughs> See y'all. Take care. Fleet Feet, speaking of running, a uh, place to go to get all your running gear, that would be Fleet Feet. You want to make sure you get shoes that are just right for you, and they'll do that for you by taking a look at the way you run or walk and then fitting you with shoes that are just right for you. We've got the uh, Memphis St. Jude Marathon, which is just a few weeks away now. I know folks are getting ready for that. Make sure you got everything you need as you're out there training and getting ready for that. And if you need even advice on how to train or get ready for a race like that, well, the folks over at Fleet Feet, they're all runners. They can help you with some advice as well. But uh, for the proper shoes, all the other gear you need, you can go find them in either one of the two locations. They're in East Memphis in the Laurelwood Shopping Center, out in Collierville, Poplar Houston Levy, right there next to Huey's, online Fleet Feet memphis.com they're all over social media as well keeping you up to date with things they've got going on that you can get involved with at fleet feet don't want to slight the women get some uh, news from the university of memphis women's soccer team and their women's basketball team as well when we return then hour three we'll get into the nfl and then back to your calls and texts on 
every sports topic we have discussed so far on the day. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Big challenge for the University of Memphis women's basketball team as they will play at the University of Tennessee tonight. Actually, late, late in the afternoon, 5.30 p.m. scheduled tip. I believe that's central time. Game can be seen on the uh, SEC Network Plus. Memphis under first-year coach Alex Simmons, 1-1. One and one, And she goes up against her alma mater. Just great to be able to have that opportunity for these young ladies to go up against a power like Tennessee, which already does have a loss this season to Florida State. Also, congratulations to the University of Memphis women's soccer team. They are a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament, despite being the number eight ranked team in the country. And they opened up the NCAA women's soccer tournament with a two to one win over LSU on Saturday night. They scored real quick. And in fact, they had two quick goals. LSU was able to get back into it, but a two one win. Great effort by Memphis. They will now play Notre Dame. The game will be in Fayetteville, but we don't know the date or the time. It's going to be sometime this weekend. Could be Friday. Could be Saturday. I'm not so sure at this point. They haven't announced it yet, but they'll play Notre Dame in the round of 32. So I mentioned Connor O'Gara, who's on our show tomorrow, had tweeted out a picture of Dan Mullen, Eli. Well, he had Dan Mullen back uh, in August on his uh, Saturday Down South podcast. And this was the quote from Mullen. I love Starkville. If you want to associate me with coaching somewhere, you say, hey, what is your school that you coached at? I'd say Mississippi State. That would be the school that I would claim over, obviously, Florida. Doesn't mean that Mississippi State would have the interest in bringing him back or even that Dan Mullen would accept. I think he would. But that's interesting. I mean, there have been coaches that have come back to coach at a place that they either left to go somewhere else or were fired. It's not unprecedented. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but that could be. If you're just tuning in, Zach Arnett has been let go in his first full year as Mississippi State's head coach. Yeah, I, I don't. I have no idea what, um, and I don't know what. I don't even know the background of this AD. I don't know if there's any ties to any certain coaches or anything like that. So, but um, certainly they could they could do worse than Dan Mullen. What do you think about Texas A&M? Because I see the names that are being thrown out there from Mississippi State, the Lance Leopolds. We just talked to Barrett Salee about that. Rhett Lashley's name, he's the SMU coach. But Texas A&M, he had brought up Jonathan Smith, who's a really good coach at Oregon State. Who else did he bring up? Well, the thing with Texas A&M, like, everybody's on the table because they have the money to go get. They they will... They'll sw- they'll take big swings. That's whether, my point. They're going to take connect like they did last time. I don't know, but they will take big swings. That's because the, the, they have the money to do it, and that's what that those boosters or that fan base want to do is take the big swing. And that was the point I was driving at here is that it seems like with Texas A and M, not only will they take the swing at the big name, you know, they'll eventually more than likely because of the resources land a big name. So I would be surprised if they went with a 
relative little known or unknown coach, although successful. And that's the point that Barrett was making. Jonathan Smith is a really good coach. He makes a lot of sense, but he's not a name. And it seems like AM always needs to make a splash. Yeah. And, um, you know, like they're Mike Norvell's. They, like, again, every coach in America's name will be tied to Texas AM pretty much, other than Saban and, you know, a few others. But because, again, they have so much money that, People believe they get, but I, if I'm Mike Norvell, I'm not leaving Florida State to go to Texas A&M. Nor am I. It didn't work for Jimbo one, but with where he is at the ACC right now, I wouldn't be getting involved in the SEC well, here's <laughs> with the Texas thing. and Oklahoma, you know, coming into the SEC to make that even harder. If he left, and he's not going to, but if he had left Florida State to go to A&M to replace Jimbo, Deion Sanders goes from Colorado to Florida State. Here's the thing, though. We just talked about how they have to have coaches in place to keep their own players from jumping into the portal and then, of course, the recruiting for the high schools and the junior colleges. If you're looking at a coach that's going to be in the playoff and try to you know throw something, uh, all kinds of money at, at, at Norvell, you can't do it until down the road. Now, you may know something you know, between the walls that that something's going to happen, but you really can't go after that player or it's tamper or that coach or it's tampering, and that coach is going to be around a long time. They are going to be playing deep into the season, more than likely into the playoffs. So that's also a situation that's thrown into the fire of when you can get these coaches. You know, Dan Lanning's name is one that I've seen on lists, and that you know, they, there's interesting you know with your team moving conferences, all of stuff like that. I don't know what any of those guys want to do, but. When you've got shakeup and suddenly you're playing in a completely different conference and traveling across country, all of that stuff, um, who knows? Again, Texas A&M has the money to go out and get a lot of guys, um, and you, they could set you up. Not that most of these don't, but they certainly can set you up for life, as evidenced by the by the Jimbo Fisher contract um, and what they're paying him to not coach there. I don't think they're ever going to give it another ten year deal. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. The um, the by the way, if I'm Mississippi State, and I and I don't know, but I and the, the name that I've just seen out there on some list, and if because if I'm any of those program of that type, Jamie Chadwell is my number one guy. Yeah, I like Jamie a lot. I would that dude just knows how to coach, and his offense is fun, which would be good if you're at, if at Mississippi State. Yeah, going back to you know what Leach brought, right? Hornet wasn't doing it. You need a tough, reliable tractor to tackle those tough chores. We'll go see the folks at Mid-South Ag Equipment. They can do that for you with the Case IH Farmall series of tractors plus bush hog equipment and much, much more that you'll find at Mid-South Ag Equipment. The Case IH Farmall series, great for whatever it is that you need to get done, a great value as well. Those uh, the tractors are just, it's, it's a name that's been around, of course, forever and ever, and that's because of the quality and the value you get with the Case IH Farball Series. You can find them at midsouthag.com online, or you can go see the folks at Midsouth Ag just south of Collierville on Goodman Road. Take, uh, the, take I-269 to the Goodman Road exit, and they are just a half mile west. Very easy to get to and find the folks at Midsouth Ag Equipment. All right, we'll talk some NFL when we return, then get back to your calls and texts. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 